This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Previously on Talk Time Live Exclusive. Let's start off. What character do you enjoy playing the most? I enjoy playing, golly, probably... Probably Ox King, because this goes really? back to me being a kid wanting to do cartoon characters. And I think Ox King, he's the biggest cartoon character I've ever done. I believe <laughs> he's just so derpy. And, you know, he just he doesn't take himself seriously. And I think it he just puts a smile on everyone's face. He's like this big dork. <laughs> he's big, lovable, like, gee, gee, uh, you know. I just love doing that. A gentle always, giant, if you will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it cracks the directors up anytime I have to do Ox King dialogue, and I love being able to crack up a director. Hey there, this is Kyle Bear, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a... Next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, live. comics, movies, and games to come on and let's get it. Talk time live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from. And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news, special guests, and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes, all can learn something new me too i heard words with no faith is empty i stayed the course so my haters tempt me beat the podcast that'll make them envy it ain't too trendy it's acmg anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time live gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah back with a loaded show complete with my thoughts on two shows that premiered last week and that is hawkeye the first two episodes and masters of the universe revelation which i'm deciding right now we're going to talk about hawkeye in the first part of our uh what's new in the world of acmg segment get that one out of the way and i'm reserving my uh masters of the universe revelation part two for our talk topic because that was based around some i i gotta talk about this because there was during part one there was a lot of people that was really pissed off about the events of what happened in part one and and, and overreacting and jumping to conclusions and prejudging and all this stuff so 
I'm going to focus that on to the talk topic because it addressed some things that I, I think we as fans need to really focus on. So that's going to be the plan for that. Plus a load of other news that came in last week. But before we get started with any of that, I want to give a major thanks to my good friend, actor Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter, Fat Gum from My Hero Academia, and many, many more. I mean, like this guy does it all. Um, he is Mel Blankian level awesome. And if you guys don't understand what that means, Mel Blank is the original voice of Bugs Bunny, Porky Pig, Daffy Duck, and all the stuff. And he has the ability to change his voice around and do all types of things. A lot of people live up to that level of what Mel Blank has done. He, Mel Blank set the standards of what actors with doing different voices can do. And between Kyle Hebert and Fred Tatasciore, I've said to them both, I'm like, you guys are both like Mel Blankian, like actors where you can totally change your voice to the point that nobody realizes what he does. So when he does Ox King, it sounds nothing like Gohan. When he does the narrator voice, doesn't sound like anything like any of those two. So it's always awesome to have him in. And plus, we haven't talked since uh, I think Street Fighter V came out, I believe. So it was great to have him back to talk about everything that was going on in his world. And uh, it was awesome to have him. And this time, for the first time ever, we got to see each other in virtual form via, uh, you know, on, on camera. All the other times was on voice. And I met him. The first interview I've ever had with him was in 2014. Like I said in the interview, you know, uh, when he came to Philly and we met, we met for the first time and, uh, he's just been awesome. Every time it was even great about, uh, Kyle is that he has the best audio and I've had a, I had literally, uh, like over a dozen actors who does voice roles. His audio always seems to be the absolute best in any of it. I love it. It's, it's clear, concise, legible. Um, not to say that the rest of them are, but it's just for some reason he always knows because he's a tech, he's a tech fan and he's a techie and like me and him are both techies. And I usually keep up, try to keep up with him because he's always buying the latest stuff uh, going on. We talked about that in the interview. So I've really enjoyed having him back. It was a great addition. And also he helped make my Thanksgiving better. And I hope everybody had a really great and safe Thanksgiving because mine's while mine's was safe. It damn sure wasn't great. And the reason being is because, and I'm going to put these guys on blast because normally they're great when it comes to deliveries and, and getting their packages done. This in particular situation was not, and it couldn't have happened. I wish it would have happened to anything but this day, but my wife and I decided because we've ordered from these guys before Harry and David's. I don't know if a lot of you actually order from Harry and David's before. It's a great place to get some great item food items that you don't get anywhere else and probably the best quality possible we've ordered from them dozens of times um and they're they're pretty awesome up until this point well we decided like since they did so you know in the past so much that why not let's do thanksgiving let's let them handle thanksgiving we got a whole entire cater type of thing from them ordered a month and a month in advance to make sure that it got here paid an extra like 20 bucks to make sure that it was shipped and secure properly only to get on Christmas Eve day that this would not be delivered 
at all and it would be late in delivery so we wouldn't have it at all so we were asked out of the whole entire thanksgiving experience and this is the first time my wife and i wanted to do it ourselves at home and just have our own thing and this happens and apparently according to what i've read on social media we're not the only ones and to those who were also affected by that you know my thoughts are to you i i, I feel for you i empathize with you on it um, it was, it was really, it was, it was a shame, but it wasn't the worst thing in the world by far. Um, and I say that, and I, I can't speak for anybody else who've been affected by the lack of uh, delivery on time for, you know, their, you know, catered dinner either. But in, in the case of my wife and I, we can't really make, we wouldn't make a big deal of it. I damn sure wasn't going to make a big deal of it because, and, that, and the reason being for that is because one, that's not what the holiday's about. It's about being thankful regardless. And what I was thankful for is that both my wife and I, in terms of what we do in our lives and our careers, have had some of the best moments and opportunities this year alone. Just the last month, I was at New York Comic Con, you know, and even prior months to that, I was working with Repop, uh, getting paid to moderate their uh panels you know it's just kind of like a I, it's kind of like a dream type of thing to do to be able to do what you're already doing now but do it under a really cool company like repop and also get the opportunity to interview people based on some of your favorite shows that you watch and to be recognized to be somebody who can do that i cannot be more thankful for that i can't be more thankful for being able to go to aew this year uh you know post pandemic um post pre whatever during the, during a more reserved time of the pandemic i should say um i couldn't be more happier to see thundercat live i couldn't be more happier to go to the martin lawrence concerts and all this stuff. i couldn't be more thankful didn't have such a celebratory year as I have this year to be able to celebrate my 10th anniversary of my design firm. I could not be more thankful for that. To be able to prove what I said I was able to do, despite the lack of support that I had from friends, quote unquote, and and family, quote unquote, you know, and my community, quote unquote. So it's I, I can't really stress one day. We cannot stress one day because one day that doesn't go right, doesn't define our entire lives. And the damn sure doesn't define the year that we have. Okay. Um, we can't have it all perfect and it's all right because one, we're getting our refund back rest assured. And two, we'll have other times, you know, I, 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 I can't stress that enough. So. I, we didn't stress it out, but we made it, we made up for it. Thank you, Fogo to Chow. <laughs> and you know, that was that. So I, I'm not going to stress about it at, at, as much as I would like to. It's, it is a bummer. It is a hurt piece that is going to happen. And guess what? Apparently the food is still coming, but we're, we didn't want it anyway because we didn't get it that day. So, you know, Harry Davis claim that they're going to refund us fully for this. And I hope that they honor that, especially uh, because they said they can't take the food back. So once it comes, it just comes or whatever. We'll see. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to let that get me down because I don't, I, I, I have a, I have a life 
that not many people are able to have. And a lot of it is not because it was just handed to me. It's because I fought my ass off to get it and prove my worth in the world. Imagine how hard that is being a black guy trying to do that. Okay. And, you know, I, I, I really, I couldn't be more thankful. I couldn't be more thankful for this year. Thankful for everybody that's able uh, to, you know, do what they do and giving me the opportunity to work with you in some form or fashion. So to that, I say thank you, Kyle. Thank you, everybody who's been on this show this year and any year. And then thank also Repop for the opportunity to allow me to do what I do best. <laughs> okay. So with that said, we do, like I said, have a Lotus show today. So let's not waste any time, folks. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. All right, so before we get started with the Hawkeye thoughts, I want to give two congratulations out to one is to the guy who you hear every week do the intro to the show. Once again, he has made a big milestone, and I think this may be the biggest milestone ever. Congratulations to my man, Raheem Jarbo, a.k.a. Megaran, who has fostered a lovely newborn baby, and he is now a father and a husband as well, you know, to his wife. So him and his wife uh, decided to foster a child. And uh, that's a great thing. What a great thing. What a great thing to do and to have in the holidays. And it's not easy to be able to foster a child because you, you got to go through a whole bunch of, you know, uh, paperwork and, you know, uh, whole, just a whole entire thing. You know, my wife is adopted. You know, she's from India and she was adopted by uh, a family. Uh, that brought her from India to here, you know, so that's a, that whole entire thing. And she was adopted by, at, at birth, just the same. And my brother-in-law and uh, his wife also did the same thing recently. And it, it, there's a lot that goes into it, especially now, because when my wife was adopted ages ago, the stipulations and the, and the rules and everything are way different back then than they were now. So it's even, even, it's even more of a process to try to, you know, have a child now foster uh, foster child now or an adopted child now so kudos to them that's awesome that they were able to do that and uh you know tis the season to them both another congratulations to lady rebecca ryan she's been on a show before foxy roxy cosplay herself the multi-time winner of best of show for San Diego Comic-Con for years, probably since 2017, uh, which was the first time that she won Best of Show. And it was the first time I got a chance to meet and interview her was during that time. And once again, she made Best of Show. She came back uh, post, you know, the pandemic because 2020, they didn't have it. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con returned this November. Uh, and apparently the event went off without a hitch. There was nobody talking about you know, line cons or anything to that. I mean, there were some people, but I don't think it was anywhere as near as bad as, you know, what anime New York city did and went through like, uh, and apparently people did have fun after the fact, but you know, the fact of getting Friday cut off, technically it really put a damper regardless of what they, I mean, people end up having fun anyway, and I'm glad that they did, but for those, like I said, those who got the Friday passes got, you know, they got screwed. 
they got screwed majorly. You know, you get a Friday, when you get a one day pass, it's because you can only make it that one day and you can't make it the other days. So I, you know, I would say that right there is just, it's not really, it's not really the best thing to say that your event was successful in that sense. But in terms of San Diego Comic-Con, it looks like everything went off. I, there was no hashtagging of anything bad that was going on with the show. And uh, it just went great. And once again, Rebecca had a really awesome, uh, I, I guess it was a Victorian costume that she was wearing. I saw pictures of it and um, it looked awesome. It looked it looked awesome uh, as always. She is no joke. She is just fantastic. I had her on the show before. You can check her out on our uh, on TalkTimeLive.com and um, under the TalkTimeLive exclusive or TTL exclusive page, uh, actually the podcast page on talktimelive.com and just type in TTL exclusive. She's on air and we had a great conversation uh, about, you know, the situations. And this is during the pandemic too. This is during 2020 when everybody was quarantined and stuff. So um, it was great that she was able to make that trip back down there. She's like royalty for San Diego Comic-Con now. It is, it's evident. Like she, the world is her oyster over there. So congratulations to her and much, much more so. All right, with that said, Let's get to talking about Hawkeye. And trust me, we got a load of other information to talk about too, but um, man, we, we got a lot to talk about uh, with with this, but um, I love the first two episodes. I didn't know what to expect. I knew it was gonna be good. I didn't know to what extent it, how good it was gonna be, but I really enjoyed it. I love the way that they started off with the show, with the episode of Kate Bishop as a kid and how she was able to, um, you know, be a part of the situation of Battle of New York. She, you know, it starts off with her and her parents, you know, they are rich, they live in this awesome looking penthouse and we don't know what's going on. We just know that this is a flashback and turns out the parents are arguing about whether they need to, you know, sell the house cause they're, you know, having financial hardships right now and on such. And while they're arguing about it, Kate is listening in on them, um, trying to figure out what they're trying to do. She doesn't want to move. He claims that they're not going to move. And lo and behold, you know, they, you know, they try to, you know, comfort her. She goes downstairs. She talks to the mom and they're in the kitchen. They end up going, um, you know, the, the mom wants to play a, a game or something like that. So Kate goes up to uh, get a board game or whatever, play checkers, I believe. And lo and behold, we look in, in, in Kate's room in the window and you see what it looks to be a Shatari ship going by in, in, in one of those uh, those scooters, those little uh, levitating scooters that we saw on Avengers. Come to find out, Kate's in New York and they never explain where they are, what's going on, but we figure out, we, we put two and two together, they are in New York. And not only are they in New York, they're in New York during the time of the Battle of New York. They're right in the middle of the Battle of the New York. So one of the buildings, when you see on, a, on the original Avengers movie that gets all blown up and everything, yeah, that's Kate's. One of them just happens to be the, the penthouse building that Kate uh, lives in. So this little girl, Kate, is freaked out, scared, rightfully so. And she goes into the kitchen that, where, that her mom and her was at, uh, were at. And lo and behold, the whole entire kitchen is destroyed. It's there's no more window, everything. The father is nowhere to be found. The mom is nowhere to be found. And Kate just goes up to the window, almost unafraid, but she sees the war 
between the Avengers and the Shatari uh, go out there. And this is such an awesome scene. Uh, and lo and behold, she sees from afar Hawkeye fighting off the the uh, the alien army. And she gets fascinated by this. She sees, uh, she sees him jumping off the actual building, using the bow and arrow to grapple himself out. And that's when the mom catches her and they all get out of the way. But we also see that the building just collapsed. So that same penthouse that they were going to sell, it's no more. And I thought this scene alone was just fantastic because it really, that's when you get really into this series. It was just so well done. And we get to see the Battle of New York from a different perspective. We see it from a little girl's perspective and how freaked out she was. And this act, this little girl was such a great actress. And I know she's looking at green screen and all this stuff throughout this whole thing. So her reactions is so natural and genuine. It was just, it was beautifully done. And you got to see another aspect of what happened. So now when you go back and watch the original Avengers, you could kind of think about what's going on here. So you get another, you get another perspective and mindset with this. I thought this was so well done to introduce Kate, to introduce another, you know, part, another dimension to the Avengers movie. It was just, I just, this is the part about the Marvel Cinematic Universe that makes it so great because everything connects. And they continue, this is now well over 11 years of storied content. And it is continuing to make sense in every background. So every show that you see makes sense to something else. There is no wasted movement. And I don't understand why DC doesn't do this. Why, you know, hopefully Sony will learn from this. And apparently they are planning to do more Spider-Man movies. They, they got three on um, three at the ready that they're planning to do once he transitions over to the um, to the Sony verse. I hope that they do well with that. I really do, because with despite what Amy Pascal thinks. Marvel, you know, Kevin Feige has done a absolute, absolute phenomenal job with this so we didn't see it we see we didn't see them at the funeral unfortunately the father did not make it he did die uh during this uh tragedy and they're at the funeral and the mom is trying to console her she basically says whatever you need you know i'll do it for it and kate says i need a bow and arrow immediately like she wants to be the hero of this whole thing her mom is like basically i need to be protecting you that's not happening. So, um, the, the show is awesome in the sense that like the characters and everything that is happening, it, it just really, it really steps the time. This episode is called never meet your heroes, by the way. Um, which yeah, she winds up, ends up meeting her hero after all this. And Jeremy Reiner is back as Clint Barton, AKA, um, you know, uh, Hawkeye who is in New York with his family. And I, this is the part I love about this Hawkeye. I love the family aspect of, cause we don't see that with any of the other Avengers. Like Tony's, Tony had a, a kid up in like near end game, but we don't get to see this. We always see this with, with Jeremy. Jeremy always, um, or Clint Barton, as I should say, he always has that family aspect. Thor has his family, but it's not like really, it's kind of more dysfunctional at best. Um, 
everybody else doesn't really have that family aspect, but Clint is the only guy in the Avengers that really has a family and wants to hold true. And it always shows. So not only that, we know his family as well. And their family, his family is out for at New York for uh, Christmas and they get to, uh, you know, a chance for him to spend time with the family. What we didn't know up until this point is Clint now has a hearing aid and at the, you know, um, as a result of all of the wars that he's been in and which is a very interesting thing. And I believe that's a nod to the comics because I think Hawkeye wears a hearing aid in the comics for some reason. I never, I didn't know that. And so I uh, did a little research on it and lo and behold that's that's the story that they're going with right now and the first thing that they do is go to this musical that a lot of people is talking about right now on social media this was the how can i describe this is the best worst musical of all time it was made to be bad it was made to be cringeworthy and it was per it was perfection it was a musical to celebrate the Avengers. And it was the most cheesiest musical, you know, uh, store, you know, uh, musical performance I've ever seen. And like, like if you ever take anybody out to a date to go see a uh, musical like this, you don't like this person very much. <laughs> and the, the word, the lines, the lyrics and everything. And it was just so cheesy as hell. It was hilarious. Um, I'm also missing. I'm also missing a section here too, um, involving Kate, you know, putting, uh, you know, destroying a bell tower because she <laughs> rung the bell, used uh, shooting an arrow to, uh, win a better or whatever like that. So that's part of the situation as well. But that, that, that play, that play was just ungodly awful, but it was meant to be, and it was purpose. It was purposely made to be worthy and the look on Clint's face when he when they were doing it it was like it was just god awful <laughs> they even the funnier part is that they added Ant-Man to it Ant-Man was never even there um but there was a little bit of a sad little moment with that was when he actually saw the actress who played Natasha and this is of course you know based around the timeline after the events of Endgame and it was sad because you know it just made us all think like oh man he's still going through the motions and his daughter noticed too and he started getting a little bit of ptsd seeing uh seeing that or the person the performer playing as not there so he walked out and got some breathing space and the daughter came out and you know basically consoled her because they know how you know much that meant you know to clint and everything so it was really it was really interesting um but in, in, you know, in terms of like just actors in here and, and such, it's just really well done. And we're going to see eventually. We're going to see uh, Yelena make her appearance somewhere on the line. She's already credited in the actual series, and we already saw after the um, the end credit scenes of Black Widow that she's going to be in there as well. So the situation with with um, Kate is that her mom. Is getting married uh, to a guy named Jack uh, Deacon. I believe his name is Jack Ducant, uh, played by Tony Dalton. And this guy just look—he just reeks of villain. 
he's hiding some things. He's, you know, he, he's having issues with his uncle who doesn't agree with the marriage between um, Kate Bishop's mom. Uh, and it's creating some little bit of friction. They go to this, this holiday party that just happens to have this actual auction, this auction, this, uh, this underground auction, if you will, where they sell in black market items that you can't, that you shouldn't be able to own in there. One of which was the Ronin sword and outfit somehow, some way that got, uh, that was retrieved and now they're trying to auction it off. So Kate is following uh, Jack in to see what's going on and see what's to deal with him. These terrorists all of a sudden invade and blow up the wall to try to come in and retrieve the sword and the uh, outfit. And lo and behold, we all know that watching Endgame that Clint has had a lot of enemies during the time of this, uh, of during when, they, when the blip happened. One of which was the tracksuit mafia which i thought was absolutely hilarious these guys are a bunch of these guys are every bit as goofballs as uh as rick guardian and i thought they were if, if you're a wrestling fan if you're an aew fan in particular if you look at these guys they remind you they automatically remind you of um, the group called the dark order it is so so uncanny Every, they're, they're goofball antics. They, you know, the fact that they're supposed to be bad guys, but they're kind of like they have this Team Rocket esque situation. And I tell you what, man, it was just, it, they're hilarious. And every time they try to go after Clint, it becomes a bad situation. So now, it you know, during that invasion of the auction, Kate wind up getting the uh, outfit, the, um, she wind up getting the Ronin outfit, which is like a ninja like outfit to get everybody out and uh she ended up keeping it clint finds out that this thing is out there because of news reports saying that the ronin may be back so he has to cut his time shirt with his family to make sure that he retrieves that suit and the sword back the sword by the way i want that sword was also it's a retractable sword apparently i don't know how it, it physically doesn't make sense how it can retract out and reappear you know, it, it's just, it was just very interesting. I want that sword. But, um, so yeah, he uh, he's trying to retrieve both the sword and the shield. The sword was taken by Jack, who was trying to auction it off to, you know, he, he was really pretty much rivaling his uncle to get it. And that wasn't the case. So he still has the sword. And apparently he's a really good swordsman as well. Because during the time when uh, he decided to have dinner with his wife with his fiance um elena bishop played by vera uh for uh formiga and uh kate by the way Haley stanfield i think is a great great casting again because kate who played in transformers she's i believe she was in um was she in the star wars film too she was in the star i, I could have sworn she was in the star wars um movie a while back too but she played a bunch of different shows i think in 2019 uh movies in 2019 and 20 great casting she really owns the kate stamp uh the Haley stanfield deal too can i say too there was one i'm going like everywhere with this situation but there's one scene that got on my last nerve during the play hawkeye went into the bathroom 
there was this annoying guy who wanted to get his autograph. He goes, he, first of all, he pees right next to him. He goes to the bathroom right next to him and asks for his autograph. And, uh, you know, Clint says it's not an appropriate time. He goes to wash his hands. And then he goes in the back of him and says, like, is now the appropriate time? I would have, dude, I swear to goodness. Clint in this episode was so nice to a lot of people, including the guy who end up, he ended up retrieving this suit from which was a guy like a cop or firefighter who was who's a part of this um this uh i guess medieval reenactment you know group that's full of firefighters and and um and and cops who i guess this is their way of you know trying to find some recreation if you will and i i kind of dug that i kind of understood that and dug that and i guess he understood that and dug that because he played he much to his you know much as this dismay he he played along just to get the suit back and there was this guy what i thought it was really awesome that he wanted to you know he got the suit and he wanted to be in the limelight just for once because it, it you know while he's fighting fires and all this stuff he he felt that he was never going to be the hero that him or the avengers would ever be so clint he he really he played it off and let the guy have his day and even after that, he was very nice to the dude. And it was awesome. Like the, he, it was, it was actually a, it was a, an annoying, but really heartwarming moment right there. So, all right, going back to the situation with Jack, um, Jack is going to play a major part in this. It looks like already. And he, you know, when, when he basically had dinner with the wife, with his, uh, fiance, Eleanor and, um, and Kate and Kate's trying to really kind of just interrogate this dude. So he ends up having a fencing match because they find out that, you know, she's really good at fencing and he's really good at fencing and they had this fencing uh, match, but she feels like he's holding out and this dude is probably way better than we think. And lo and behold, when he claimed it, when they, when he was about, when I actually stopped, Kate wind up going to, uh, you know, trying to get his face only for him to defend. And that's when she knew that he was actually holding, holding back. So this dude uh, is going to be interesting. He, and not only that, the uncle's dead and the uncle's dead. She went in to check it out to see what happened and found that he's, you know, this guy owns a candy company or whatever like that. And lo and behold, Jack had the same butterscotch that was in that deal. So she knew, and I don't know if he was playing, was like, you know, playing to her, you know, knowing that she was actually, um, that she was aware of everything, but I can't wait to see the other episodes for that. The tracksuit mafia knows about Kate and knows about the fact that she was the Ronin and stuff like that. So they're going after her. They burnt up her place. Um, in the midst of all this, she finds a, you know, a really cute rescue pup that she rescues with one eye. Now in the comic books, I know Clint has a dog as well. So I think this is going to be the dog that Clint ends up, um, you know, adopting into his own family. So that's, uh, going to be a situation there. And so far so good, man. This is, this, um, this show is already awesome. I'm glad they gave us the first two episodes. we got four more to go. This can go anywhere right now. They did, there was, they've been showing commercials nonstop, you know, advertising the show coming out on different channels. There, there's a scene that we haven't seen yet where Kate and Clint are having a little discussion about 
which he dreamt Hawkeye would, you know, uh, you know, be in, in terms of a suit. And it was a little bit of a doodle of the original 616 Hawkeye suit. And they're playing a joke to it. I wonder if by any chance we will actually see Hawkeye with the actual Hawkeye suit in some variation, because we already saw we already saw Wanda wear the actual Scarlet Witch outfit. We already seen um, Sam Wilson wear the Captain America suit. Now, it's possible that was a hint that we may actually see Hawkeye with an actual suit, with the actual face mask and everything. Yo, I'm I'm all for that because I know that they will do it justice. I know that they'll give it the justice that it deserves, and I I. I can't wait to, to see what's coming next with these episodes. So we got four more episodes left so far. So very good. And um, if you haven't checked it out, it's in Disney Plus right now. But this show, these shows on Disney Plus, it is well worth the money that they're asking for. Because if you're a Marvel fan, even if you're not, if you're a casual fan of this, you will not be disappointed. By the way, is it me? Or was am I the only one that didn't know that Clint had two sons? I thought he had one one young kid and one, you know, another one. Or unless there was two kids and the younger kid is the newest one that they just had after five years after. I gotta I gotta remember. Wait, wasn't she pregnant in Endgame? Maybe that's what it was because I gotta watch Endgame again because I think she was pregnant at the beginning of Endgame. And those two kids were young, but now they're grown because this is five years after the blip. And then now that kid's born. Okay, so maybe I just solved my own situation. I think that's what that's the case. So this is going to be interesting. This is going to I think this is going to be an absolutely great series. And this is going to be a great holiday episode of things to come. I, I just I really, really love what they're doing. So go out of your way. Check it out. Hawkeye. Uh, it's on Disney Plus right now. And it's coming out. A new episode is coming every Wednesday. So. Hopefully next Wednesday, by this Wednesday, I will actually have my Thanksgiving <laughs> with that. And I can eat and watch that too. So, all right. Some other news here. We got, oh, let's talk about, let's talk about some, uh, I didn't get a chance to do any gaming talk on the show because of the holiday, but just wanted to give, there's, it's a Cyber Monday. So I want to give my five recommended games and you know what's so bad there's so many games to actually buy so many great games that i've reviewed so many great games that are up for grabs there's a big sale going on right now um you know check out your ign's and and uh game spots and all the stuff and even game informers to check out what's available right now there's there's always they always have some list of you know list of games out there that are going for cheap now but if i was a man who and a man who's played all these games this year, uh, I would highly recommend the following few games that I believe everybody should uh, should get. If especially if you're if you were able to grab a PS5 this year, or uh, or a Nintendo Switch or a Nintendo Switch OLED, I got some games that you definitely should check out if you haven't already. Um, so I'm gonna give five of my recommended holiday games. That I guarantee you're going to enjoy. And then some honorable mentions because uh, these are really good. So number one, 
and I just finished um, reviewing this game a while back. This is from Marvel fans. Guardians of the Galaxy, highly recommend it. Go out of your way, get that game, whether it's on, no matter what, Xbox. Um, again, Xbox, PlayStation. While I enjoyed on Nintendo, I've said this before, I'm not I'm not a big fan of the, the of the cloud situation, not because it doesn't work, because it does work, especially if you have a huge Wi-Fi bandwidth. Uh, if you if it's really strong, then yeah. But I just I don't like the idea that you only can play it when you're stationed in one in one place. I, I that part to me just bothers me um, to no end. I don't the cloud, and I now realize why they're doing this cloud thing. You got the Steam that's coming out soon you know that new steam uh valve which is a portable pc gaming unit and i think they're trying to compete with that and i i just it just dawned on me so this is their way of being able to say like look we are we all have our games too but you can also be able to play other games that are just as powerful as that using the cloud-based system and i get it but i don't like it I just don't like just stick to your streams. If you could do it, do it or just not just buy a PlayStation. You know, I, I, I get why I get the reason why I just don't like the fact that the idea of like you don't actually you're, you're not fully capable of taking the game on the road and you can't play it there because you you know, if I want to play that game on the road, if I'm on, you know, if I'm on a train and the trains don't have a really strong trains and planes don't normally have strong Wi-Fi. It's going to be it's going to be a bad situation but nonetheless guardians of the galaxy is a really really good game it, it's i think is a much better game as in terms of single player uh experience than marvel avengers marvel avengers took its time to become really good um and solid but guardians of the galaxy was solid from the jump and rather the acting the storytelling the character development everything about it is just great the, the control scheme you can't go wrong this was just an awesome awesome game the uh to play so i highly recommend that ghost of shishima director's cut if you have not played ghost of shishima i am a late bloomer to this and i am a proud late bloomer to this this game drew me in almost in the same fashion as the witcher wild hunt witcher 3 wild hunt just such a great game beautiful beautiful game this is a game that i recommend to anybody that is getting a playstation 5 like this is a game that you get from the door because the playstation it plays to all of the playstation 5 strengths the dual sense controller um uh you know the the beauty the texture the you know graphic power it's just the everything just stunning on the playstation 5 definitely go out of the way if you're a fighting game fan Go out of your way, get Guilty Gear Strive. One of the best fighting games of the year is guaranteed. It is absolutely guaranteed that is going to be um, fighting game of the year for the Game Awards. I would be surprised and solely pissed off, sorely pissed off if that game does not win because it was tremendously well done in every aspect. Um, the storytelling, the story mode, the uh, the character design, the models, everything is just beautifully done. Uh, one of the best fighting games in, in quite some time. Um, anime fans, Dragon Ball Z, Kakarot, whether it's the Switch or the PlayStation version or uh, whether it's on Xbox, doesn't matter. It is a fun Dragon Ball game. Takes a different approach telling the story of Dragon Ball and you get to see some inside stuff that you don't 
some and it's all canon too like uh the things that it covered yes people will say yeah oh god they're talking about the, the original dragon ball z saga again but no not necessarily it's it's going around and focusing on other aspects of the saga that we didn't know about it answers a lot of questions that we didn't know about either and i think i i kind of blame bandai namco for not really explaining that to the to the fan base because a lot of people will automatically just write it off as just like okay they're just another dragon ball game telling the same story over and over again no they're telling it from another perspective from another scope and i you know i enjoy it then plus it was made by uh cyber connect 2 which is the same people who made the naruto ultimate ninja storm series just pretty awesome from there i would have probably mentioned uh demon slayer but i was really and i think i believe they had some uh cyber connect worked on that too but i was a little bit disappointed because it was very short it was and they just now added some new uh characters to it which is great because the roster was kind of short too but nonetheless um yeah i will hold off on demon slayer on that one it was it's a great looking game is a beautifully played fighter um but other than that it's just it's not really it's not really a great um and then for nintendo switch fans I, there were so many to pick from but when i seen this one i was like oh you guys gotta play this neo the world ends with you for the nintendo switch and playstation I, I don't know if this is on xbox but if it is get it there too uh this is the sequel to the original world ends with you which was a great rpg action game this is another great rpg action game and it's very filling in terms of storytelling and story modes there's an extra story mode at the end of the first one too which is great to play the control scheme is innovative um the art design is absolutely special i go out of your way to get that one as well and then i have my honorable mentions and again this goes out to the people who have playstation 5 highly recommend this spider-man miles morales ultimate edition because not only you will get that you will also get and it's on all of this that i'm mentioning is on sale right now too and it's probably going to be on sale again because well, some of them anyway any of the games that has been nominated by the game awards will more than likely be on sale again during there uh so i would i would absolutely get uh you know you can it'll probably be the same sale but you know if you want to get things now jump in it now it might be cheaper now to get it to, i don't know how much they're gonna some of these games will be on sale for at this point but spider-man miles morales ultimate edition you not only get miles morales you also get the original spider-man as a part of it as well so unfortunately you'll get the other peter parker with that said but um it's still an awesome game the uh spider-man was one of my favorite games in 2020 it was a game that we needed in 2020 and having it on the playstation 5 it's one of those games that really makes the playstation 5 special it, it makes the it, it tests all of the strengths of the playstation 5 dual sense controller graphics character models everything that i mentioned before ray tracing everything it just it really takes the test and this is a great honestly this is a great christmas uh game too because they focus it, it's kind of focused around the christmas time the christmas season and whatnot so i may actually play that again just for that and then also watch into the spider verse as well because that technically is a christmas movie too so go out of your way get that game if you haven't got it yet if you're getting the playstation 5 that and ghost of shishima i highly recommend is probably great games to have to start off your playstation 5 library and also 
judgment judgment and lost judgment uh the judgment games um by re, made by ryu uh ryu uh guy gotaku the people who does the yakuza games it's a spinoff to yakuza another great beautifully designed game that will immerse you into the world it brings you if you always wanted to go to tokyo or go to japan both those games bring you in it's just unfortunate you're going to be facing some yakuza in between both but it's an awesome game and uh yagami is one of my favorite favorite characters in video games today so yes go out of your way and get those and other whatever else is out there good luck to everybody i know it's going to be hard i know they're not going to be having too many playstation units out right uh this year unfortunately um and the oleds i believe it is um they're going to be hard to get to if you're not going to the actual if you're not going to the nintendo new york store and if you guys remember i talked about this on the uh select star special and if you go on to talktimelive.com in my blog section i i cover the day of event when the uh oled was launched and you saw that line that was not even christmas that was october if you go into my website look at the pictures up there that was just freaking october and but you know and, and again another reason why i am thankful this year is because i do have the nintendo uh switch oled that i got day one i've never gotten a game system day one I never been able to and i didn't have to get in line to get it i lucked out by going back to the store that night that evening and they just happened to still have some units left in new york at the nintendo so like i'm I, one day of of a botched holiday is not gonna harm me and then i i managed i still have my uh, ps5 as well so i mean which i had to go through hell and high water to get last year going into the best buy uh you know website and having that crash over me over and over again this is celebrating the anniversary of that we're about to celebrate the anniversary of that whole entire time <laughs> okay so i am absolutely thankful people i am thankful i am thankful for a lot of things in that nature so good luck to you all and uh hopefully you will be able to get any of them but there's my list right there so um i want to move on talk about cowboy bebop we talked about that last week i loved the actual first season of it i hope that they do a second season because they got a follow-up with what's going on in terms of ed and there was an article on ign that had uh with the showrunner on air he did a video and talking about the reasons why he introduced ed or radical ed at the end of the uh, season finale which i thought was awesome and I, I, I've got to figure out who that actor is, um, who plays Ed. Spot on performance. <laughs> Just for that one few seconds, you really feel like that's Ed. Dress like him, look like him, act like him, all the way. But he explained that, you know, living in the spirit of the anime, Ed didn't turn up uh, until like episode nine in the original anime, uh, which he wanted to give fans time to process the dynamic relationship between spike jet and Faye, and you actually saw that we talked about that when i reviewed that um in the last episode because this was kind of they this series this live action series on netflix did something that the anime didn't and that was really kind of give us an inside look and get us allow us to know spike jet and Faye a lot more than we were able to before but because 
every episode of the anime and i don't know how many of you recently watched the anime i again i watched the anime i binged through the anime right before the series came on so i can compare and contrast them properly and i think a lot of times when people try to defend and and talk about and compliment things that they haven't seen in a long time they don't grasp all of the memory of what they watched and see and you got to watch things all over again because there's some things that you might notice that you didn't before for instance all the episodes are random <laughs> jet and jet and, and spike went through some random adventures every time and not really focusing on the you know the story of him the syndicate and vicious and all of them so we never really got to see any of that this series focuses all on that it focuses on Faye's background it focuses on jet's background so now we know way more about these characters than we ever did before and no just not taking it away from the anime but now we have more under we have a more understanding of what's going on with the characters now the character development was way stronger here than it was in the anime so i commend them on that and i understand why they, um now they brought ed in and but people were, were like wondering why ed we haven't seen yet but we they slowly were mentioning him throughout the entire series and we finally got the surprise at the end so it was awesome now he went on to talk about how they wanted to flesh out the character more so we got a better understanding of them that's great during the during his explanation he mentioned that fingers crossed he uh that there will be a second season so that i found interesting and at the same time not surprising this to me with that said now as much as i like that they were able to bring ed in at the end to me that's risky because if they if netflix at some point just manages to say we're not going to green light another season we're going to cancel this entire season that creates an open that, that creates another open-ended type of situation and we've seen that many times where we never see where things get canceled and we never see the conclusion of something um i can mention plenty of other things but you know I, I would say young justice but we can't say that any we we really can't say that anymore there's no saying it anymore i will then transfer that over to the likes of thundercats the new version of the thundercats that was awesome and what was the other one swamp thing swamp thing also had one season this entire season was awesome and wb decided like no we're you know uh we're not going to continue this despite the fact i they did make mention of swamp thing in the recent episode of batwoman so there may be an appearance of swamp thing coming in this episode season of the season episodes of batwoman i'm looking forward to that because they're focusing on poison poison ivy the fact that they even mentioned the fact that they even mentioned swamp thing tells me that he's coming so because if he's really that canceled out um they would not have mentioned him at all swamp thing is coming and i'm i'm looking forward to that they're probably going to do the same thing that they did with um brian uh, i forgot his name who plays constantine because his season was also another season that got canceled um but then they they migrated him over to the legends of tomorrow and we kind of got closure from seeing him with the legends and have adventures with him and he also you know reprised his role 
doing the character on animated uh, series and there's going to be another animated uh you know uh, movie coming out starring him as well so i hope that they do because i think if they don't listen to the minority of fans that that you know were making a big deal out of certain things in this this show was awesome this show was completely awesome i really enjoyed it from start to finish i think it was in the spirit it really did play to the spirit of the anime um i thought you know john cho was great spike spiegel i thought everybody mustafa was awesome and uh as a jet i thought he was the, the literally the mvp of them all every episode he was just knocking it out to me so let's hope that it happens uh andre namik who is the showrunner you know i thought he did a great job you know writing this show and having the writers you know make sure that they played to the strings he also did say that they were um in terms of the uh of when they brought ed in he did mention how they were fighting about when they were going to make ed in you know they had a heated battle and he was jokingly saying that too how uh, there was a lot of heated discussions as to when uh ed should debut because in hindsight they probably don't know if the show is going to play to that you know second season either so we will see but fingers literally no pun fingers crossed that we do get a second season because i think they deserve at least a second season and we need to see this going on because i mean there's a lot of they twist the storyline around from us uh too so we'll see we will see um reminder to those who own marvel avengers that tomorrow the 30th spider-man will finally arrive on a ps5 in four i should say he's finally coming um unfortunately this guy will not have his own story mode. I don't understand why, but this is another reason why Crystal Dynamics is like, people are like mixed with, with this company right now. They make Spider-Man appear, but he won't have an actual story mode like Black Panther or Kate or, you know, Clint had. Even if they were short, I, I mean, apparently he, he is gonna have some type of a dialogue thing going on with them you know based around some things and they're going to have illustrated panels that are going to be played along but other than that he's just going to be an additional character that you could play alongside the uh the characters in the main story modes and, and such like that i mean still good to have him but how it's you know in, in terms of them trying to make a better spider-man experience than the other spider-man games yeah um we'll see um, but I'm looking forward to it. It's awesome. I, I do like the, uh, the suits that they have on air and how well they're designed in there as well. So, um, it was really, I, you know, I really, I really dug it. I really dug it. So look forward to it tomorrow. I'll probably, uh, give my thoughts on it later on this week and we'll see. So, um, last thing I want to talk about, which is really interesting. Didn't think I was ever going to talk about this on this show, but reasons why, a, you know, adults should watch the HBO Max special sesame street says <laughs> i forgot the name of it i believe it's like uh we can all i forgot the name of this deal but uh let me see if i can type it up but sesame street did this really awesome uh special that um sesame street jim lee now i mentioned that jim lee was coming on a show and making his appearance on his uh, on his sesame street special uh, is see us all come together or see us coming together that's the name of it so 
HBO on Thanksgiving released this really awesome special introducing a new character. It's a special focus on an important uh, issue in seeing the value of the Asian community in, uh, in our country. The special was introduced to Sesame, uh, also introduced uh, Sesame Street's first Asian American Muppet known as uh, G Young. And the story of this special showed G Young excited about this music uh, festival that's coming in performance in honor of what they of, of Neighbor Day, which is a Sesame Street national ho uh, holiday or a Sesame Street holiday, if you will. The excitement was put on hold when she got when she, when she was told to go back to where you came from by some racist whatever you know that uh person that uh, was coming in, into her path we've seen this before in, in the real world this made g young very sad and almost caused her to cancel her performance so it was up to her friends including elmo to decide uh to help her out and lift her spirits by introducing her to some of some others in the asian community who contributes greatly to our country including an appearance from the one and only legendary jim lee another reason why i'm thankful for because i have an autographed frame portrait of his work in my house very thankful and shang chi simu lui or lu i should say uh simu lu who plays shang chi on the recent marvel movie he made his appearance as well it was so awesome and this was a special that not only kids can learn from, but also adults who need desperately need to relearn this lesson uh, told in this special. And I watched it. I, you know, I have, I don't have kids at all, but I'm a big Jim Lee fan. And the fact that he was in this episode was great. And then to top it off, Simu, uh, Simu Lu was also, I didn't know he was on it. I knew Jim Lee was going to be it because he announced it, but Simu was also in here and I thought it was just great. It was a great way to really show. And it, it wasn't just the Asian community that was being represented, but they had some, they had some uh, black characters as well. And a, a, um, a black Muppet as well in there. So, I mean, it wasn't just to say that like the Asian community needs to be recognized, but all minorities and everybody who contributes and make what this country should be as great, you know, is to make it about, and, uh, you know, what's funny. And I talk about this right now, and I love this because I think we just don't, we need to relearn this lesson. Like everybody has a value in this country, creed, color, orientation, stratification, whatever. We have a value in this country. This country was built on my predecessors and my ancestors. Okay. And for have somebody to really feel that they that we don't belong and that we're just like second nature it's just so wrong you know and i say this today because and i say this right now and it's funny that because i wrote this i wrote this in my notes days ago leading up to this just recently on facebook there was a guy on a facebook group that i'm one of my face one of the facebook groups that i'm on not mine one of the face another facebook group a wrestling facebook uh, uh group um that i'm in and this guy just this person put out this comment that had the n-word on air and it was him it was him talking about 
it was him talking about how, um, you know, he was, you know, we had a conversation about something and it's like in a way that he was making a mention about like how Abe Lincoln, uh, Abe Lincoln freed the slaves and then he needed the N word to pick up the cherries. And it was like, it was this conversation. It was like, okay, even if he did describe the historical, you know, significance of this situation, he didn't have to say it in that fashion. He deliberately intentionally said it to piss it off. And it was said under my comments and lo and behold, I, it was, it was reported to Facebook and the admins while the admins and shout out to the admins, Brandon, Brandon deck. I'm gonna put him out right there. Now, Brandon deck credit to him and the other admins for looking at that and immediately deleting it and kicking the guy out. He is no longer part of that group. So credit to the admins who are humans, who are alive, who have conscience, who have morals and, and, and ethics. They saw it. They felt it was just, they felt the same thing with me. It was offensive. It was racist. They took it out. Facebook, on the other hand, their algorithm spoke for them, apparently said that they were not going to take it down and that it wasn't, they didn't deem it offensive. This is their algorithm. This is Mark Zuckerberg's algorithm. This is meta and folks, this is America. So when I tell you how important it is to watch this Sesame street episode, yes, it's Sesame street, but damn it, we still all need to learn this lesson that we all need to, that everybody needs to see us coming together. It is imperative and important that we, that we watch this, uh, episode and relearn. Yeah. Sesame street is for kids. Well, guess what? There's still adults that still act like kids and they need to learn to be adults and be responsible and be kind and be, you know, it just, it just, it bothers me. Go out of your way. If you got HBO max, go out of your way, watch this with or without kids. It is very well done. Thank you to everybody involved in it. I thought it was needed. The Asian community needed it. Everybody needs to see it. It's just, it, it was just awesome. Nonetheless. So folks that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back and I am going to review the part, the second part of masters of the universe revelation. And we got to talk because there's something else that I think people need to relearn as well. We'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey, this is Mega Rand, teacher, rapper, hero, waffle lover. And you're checking out ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Turn it up and share. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait! 
Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of part two of Masters of the Universe Revelation, Kevin Smith's latest venture into the world of He-Man. And let me tell you, last the last uh, part of this series, this awesome series, which is a spiritual sequel and successor to the original uh, series in the 80s in every way. There was a lot of people pissed off because they felt they jumped it. They jumped the gun like they always do. They prejudged. They overreacted like they always do. And I didn't have a problem regardless of what was going on in the first part of this series. And Kevin Smith knew, like, shut up. You're jumping to conclusions. You don't even know what's going to happen in the second half of this. There felt like it was just so much being said and predetermined as if they already knew what was going on and i am so happy to say that kevin smith proved all of them wrong and the bad part about this is that idiots like like the people on the internet who always prejudge and predetermine and, and, and overreact will always do so they don't never learn they never learn lessons but they're going to do it again and that's the unfortunate part this part that they presented, which this series is just awesome. Let me tell you, this series is possibly one of the best animated uh, shows this year, by far. Between this and Young Justice, they're gonna be battling for best. But the second part of Masters of the Universe was so awesome in so many ways. So if you guys remember last uh, episode, well, the first season period, or the first half, of the season period we saw adam pretty much die or at least we thought he did and we it which led to taylor being the one to take over and you know we saw that there was a role bit of a bit of a role change here and it looked like that taylor was probably being groomed to become the new he-man of sorts and people went crazy mostly men just went absolutely crazy at the idea that this was a woke type of situation and it was just like now you're just trying to make an agenda out of this whole thing i didn't see that at all i saw this as like whether they wanted to make her he-man or whatever or not this is a new chapter in the situation and i thought kevin smith did really well i thought the actors did really well uh sarah michelle geller who played taylor in here was just awesome in this whole entire thing and it ended up with them coming back on the show with them coming back bringing adam back from the realm of where all the other he-mans were and he winded up facing skeletor again and lo and behold he hits it what it looks like he gets killed all over again in the entire series and it just how they they left us off with a big cliffhanger pissed people off so bad i mean incredibly um chris wood who played he-man and I, I believe he played he-man and adam as well and people thought that they were just writing him off into the sunset while Tila, played by sarah michelle geller was going to take over and that wasn't the, we we see that wasn't the case and in fact she was geared to be the new sorceress in this whole thing meanwhile you got you know mark hamill was played in awesome skeletor here you know 
he he took over the power of Grayskull finally. He finally got it in his hands. He became the the powerful entity that he was destined to be and possibly taken over. Uh, just so much happened, but there's so much epic things going on. So this, unlike Hawkeye, I actually uh, wrote notes for. So, um, so we see Adam not only come back to life, but also acquire the power of Grayskull without even using a sword. And the results turned Adam into a more beastly unhinged version of he-man almost like a almost like the incredible hawk where he has all this power but you your mind just went total savage and making him uncontrollable much like the hawk and this beat skeletor like his name was loki okay and meanwhile they somehow managed to escape skeletor manages to escape him in some form or fashion we also see skeletor um who is now more powerful than ever make evil Lynn the new dark sorceress and also telling her that you know she is no longer able to go anywhere else she is to remain in castle grayskull because that's the thing uh just like the sorceress did you know when she when the sorceress became the sorceress she couldn't be anywhere else outside of grayskull that's always been the situation even with the old series um what i loved about this is that they designed evil Lynn with a bat-like outfit that's supposed to rival the Sorceress Eagle outfit. It was beautifully done. I love the animation and character design is some of the best that you'll see this year. This is, I, I would go out and even say that this was even better character design and animation than Young, uh, Young Justice. It was, I mean, you talk about, this is a, this is a series that legit fans of He-Man should love in every way like better better character design than the 80s better animation in the 80s it was everything we wanted and yet we still whine and cry and i don't I, not me in particular but we in general as a whole people still whine and cry because even when they get something it's just not enough it's it's just instant gratification and and, and just spoiled just a bunch of spoiled ass brats out there so we they have this situation and lo and behold beast man becomes kind of the conscience to evil lynn who reveals to him that he uh that how she and skeletor met so we get a flashback scene from there she also expresses her hate for him basically here and this leads to um beast man played by kevin michael richardson of course the talk about one person i would love to talk to knock on wood not going with it that will happen he's a hard to get guy too um but man kevin michael richardson is just dope he's just so dope uh what it, no matter what he does but and i love him as the principal in uh american dad he's just ridiculously funny but he's you know trying to explain to her you know be here you know be his be her conscience in their air saying you are your own person you don't have to let Skeletor do whatever you want to him. And you know, that actually helped out. So that helped out in her case. Um, this all leads to her acquiring the power to see the universe, uh, all the universe's secrets, which gives her the power to overthrow Skeletor eventually. Meanwhile, Tila goes down a path to become what she was destined to become because she's acquiring all these magical powers all of a sudden. And she does eventually find out and discovers that sorceress is her mother so we do get that you know that situation unfortunately it's too late because the sorceress kind of sacrifices herself before they could ever really 
meet. At least that's what we think at first. Um, so it, the other thing is too, is like um, Taylor becoming a sorceress means that she will have to isolate herself from all that she holds dearest. At least that's what we thought at first. All of this leads to a major battle with Evil Lynn and not Skeletor, believe it or not, because Evil Lynn overthrown Skeletor, you know, took relieved him of all his powers. And now she becomes powerful, you know, uh, she becomes so powerful enough that both He-Man and Skeletor wind up working together to stop her. He-Man, on the other hand, not only uh, gives him the power, great uh, himself a power, great scope, but he also gives Skeletor the power of great scope that he wants to have so they can fight and defeat Evil Lynn. This all leads to a lot of uh, situations coming back, including the return of Orko from heaven or the heavens to battle alongside his friends. He is now able to control his magic um, that he has failed to do for so long. So he was awesome in here. We get some closure with Orko in here as well. We also find out that Earth exists in this universe. Uh, which is kind of a playoff of um, the he the Masters of the Universe movie from the '80s with that when Dolph Lundgren played um, He Man. I bet you a lot of people rather forgot or didn't know that, but Dolph Lundgren was He Man in the only live action series that we have, and that's why you whenever you hear Skeletor, Mark Hamill playing as Skeletor saying this will be our final battle, that's a that's a term that's a quote from the actual movie. He said it in this in, in these episodes of the second part and he said it in the first part too in the very first episode he says um let this be our final battle that was a playoff of the original live action Mar masters of the universe movie so that's a nod to that because actually a lot of people love that movie a lot of people hated the fact that arco was not in that movie and they had some little dorphy looking character that we never see before take the place of arco like this is why we need a Masters of the Universe movie now because we can easily CGI Arco in and do that. And I don't understand how they couldn't do it before because hello, I saw I just saw Blade Runner for the first time ever. And I'm like, for a movie in 1984, that movie was ahead of its time. OK, um, you mean to tell me with Star Wars and that you couldn't make an Arco? Well, I mean, they could have had a low budget for that movie, but still, but it didn't feel like low budget when I saw it. But not, uh, but not, um, not chance out of ten. Eh, it's probably a budget issue. But having Arco back to be able to do that is awesome. But also learning that the king and queen, who were having issues, um, he like the queen, like his mom, the queen was about to divorce his husband, and lo and behold, we find out that they both are Earthlings that live in Eternia now. I don't know how the hell they end up in Eternia comes to find out that that makes adam half human i think the father may be eternia and the mom is from earth so that makes adam half earth uh, half um human or half earthling or whatnot but i i bet that's also a play on the movie too because in the movie in the live action movie version from the 80s they tr they teleport it into earth and that's how this little situation has happened and while he-man and the rest of them ended up on earth at one point so i bet that was a play on that and and it was pretty awesome that was pretty cool but this this whole thing put a lot of closure in and at the end he-man got his powers back he got his sword back he was able to defeat uh evil in skeletor when you thought that he was gonna be he was gonna change his ways he ended up turning on he-man again 
and they end up fighting again. So there's going to be more to that. And now Tila is new sorceress, but now she's a sorceress who somehow made it. Uh, she was making it able to travel outside of Castle Grayskull. So she's powerful enough to be able to withstand that whole situation. And at the end, we got kind of a we kind of got a um, a bit of a a bit of an epilogue type of situation where they showed another force coming. Uh, Skeletor goes back into his uh, castle. He's about to punish and berate every one of the, uh, of his crew. And lo and behold, there's a new powerful entity in the mist that decides to take over Skeletor, turn him into something completely different, maybe something robotic. But we saw the face of what looked like Hordak. And if you recognize that name, Hordak is the enemy of Shira, who is Adam's cousin. And this is going to be interesting because now it looks like we're getting Hordak coming to the series. And that also means that we're getting a new season of this show. I'm all for it because overall, you combine both of them together. Masters of the Universe Revelation was a huge success in my opinion. I love this series. It was awesome from the get go. I never had controversy or I never had beef with the episode like everybody did. I don't prejudge. I see things through anyway. I'm patient. I'm mature. I have a sex life. <laughs> Not that that's relevant. Maybe it is. Maybe that maybe that factors in. Absolutely. But that also means that like is we're, we're getting a great series. We're getting the I think it's the He-Man series that we've all been waiting for, dreaming of, and we got it thanks to Kevin Smith, who did a phenomenal. I think this is actually I and I've been a Kevin Smith fan for ages. I always speak highly of the Clerk series. I loved every one of those series that he did, all of except the one he did with his daughter. That is it. But other than that, it may be maybe Jersey Girl, maybe. But other than that, who I actually know somebody who was in that movie too. Other than that, the um, this to me was probably rather my favorite of those projects that he's ever done. Oh, I didn't much too. I wasn't much too finally a cop out, but then again, he wasn't either. But nonetheless, I digress. I wasn't. It was. I, this is probably one of my favorite projects that he's worked on, or probably the best projects that he's worked on. I mean, this was just awesome. This was absolutely awesome. Some of the best, I would say, definitely say it's some of the best work he's done uh, in years. It's just incredible. It, I mean, he he really, he you could tell that he was a fan of He-Man. This, I, I gotta say this is the best. I loved it. Other people will claim that they won't, but I'm sorry, I, I can't trust the word of everybody else. I just can't. So there you have it. If I'm giving it a grade, by God, I'm giving this a plus for me. I don't care what the hell you got to say. This is my opinion. Damn it. I enjoy this. I got excited. It made me excited about this. I love the character design, everything. It's just a full package. Just awesome. Absolutely awesome. So I uh, go out of way. By the way, I, on our Facebook group, because I did a talk time post spoiler post for this. Everybody on there enjoyed it. So it may just be a minority thing. Just, you know, another minority opinion, just speaking out loudly in this case. But I thought this was absolutely 
awesome. And again, this is one of those cases just like with uh, Cowboy Bebop. If you think that this was bad, go back and watch the original He-Man episodes. There aren't award winners. I think what Kevin Smith did with this filled in all of the gaps and other issues that the original series had and made it better. That's just me. But go back. I had this I had this argument with people. I had this argument just recently with somebody about the uh not argument, but a, a discussion, I would say. It's not a, it's not an argument. Uh, we don't always argue. We don't always... We debate and we, we discuss. And basically what happens here is that people fondly remember things but don't go back to, to retract what they say. The 97 or the 93 X-Men series, people only remember the first three episodes and they stopped watching after the first I don't know, three episodes the first three seasons and then they stopped watching after the three seasons but if you go past the three seasons i believe x-men had like five or six whatever it's like the quality of the show fell off in terms of the writing and storytelling that they once had which was some of the strongest and i had somebody try to debate me on this because i said i hope that this new series is coming soon in 2022 or 23 in Disney Plus will be will have better character design and storytelling than it did when it came out than than the series before it ended and he he defended it by saying it was some of the best and I'm like no you're talking about the first 3 seasons watch it afterwards and I bet you I guarantee you didn't watch it after the first few seasons you probably fell off it like everybody else did because it didn't it it, it just went everywhere it took, it took a total 180 you watch cowboy bebop you notice some things that weren't all like it was a great series but it wasn't perfect by any stretch and i think what they did with the live action series was absolutely great and they 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 focused on something that wasn't ever focused before and they played to the strengths and they, you know, respected the spirit of the anime, but also adding on, taking liberties to make sure that there were gaps filled. This is the same thing. He, man, Kevin Smith did the same exact thing with this. And to that, I commend him on it and I commend them on it what they did as well. So go anyway, check it out if you haven't seen it. It's on Netflix now. You watch it in full from the very, from the first part and the second part. Watch it all. Guarantee you it's all going to come to perspective. It's awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next with this. So. Ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. What a show was this? <laughs> so, oh my goodness. Next week, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. I know I got two games on Select Start that I'm going to be reviewing because while you were out, I was able to, I was playing um, Super Mario Party uh, Superstars and Pokemon uh, Brand Diamond. I was playing too so i'll be talking about both of those games along with uh any news that comes by the game awards is coming very soon so we'll be uh talking about that 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 episode will be coming soon as well um the matrix is coming the matrix is coming uh so i may be uh at this point gonna be re gonna be re-watching the matrix trilogy in and in, in participation of the new movie coming out on hbo max and in theaters this christmas they say this christmas but it may be a little bit before that so we'll we may be starting to begin to talk about that as well uh i may re-review i may actually do a review 
uh, or look back at the very first movie because that was a game changer, not just for the genre, but just for filming in general, what the Wachowskis did and everything there. See how much it holds up. And just every week, I'll probably just review each one and then we'll go right to the uh, the new one from there, I believe. But we also got Spider-Man No Way Home. So that apparently is selling out as we speak. I didn't expect because of the pandemic, you know, a lot of the movies that I reviewed this year weren't selling out. So I didn't expect this, but I keep forgetting this is Spider-Man of all the Marvel Studios movies that people are anticipating to see. And this is apparently the last one for the MCU, at least for now. Um, this is going to be a big one. And I looks, thank you to Daniel Wallace and our ACMG Facebook group. Shout out to him because he just warned everybody, get your tickets now because they're selling out. I just looked at movie taverns page and my God, the one that me and my wife go to normally to see big, um, films like Spider-Man was selling out like crazy. We, I managed to snag the last two seats in a row for a Saturday. So I'm going to see this on Saturday evening. We're going to talk about it the next day on the 19th of December. So stay tuned because that review is definitely coming and this is supposed to go out with a bang. So we'll see how this goes from this point on. So I uh, look forward to doing that and uh, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. So as always, you can check out this episode and every episode of Talk Time Live on talktimelive.com. You can go to the podcast page there. You can uh, check out all of our episodes. We have a great search engine on that page. You can check out all of our exclusive interviews, including the one I just did with the one and only Kyle Bear, which I you can listen to the audio version or you can watch the video version, which is on the TTL exclusive video page on the website. Very easy for you to find. And the Kyle Abert uh, episode is on the very top of that. We also have Danielle Kennedy on air. If you guys, honestly, if you are aspiring actors, comic book artists, producers, writers, directors, I have something literally for everybody on our Talk Time Live show, whether in video form or in you know, or in uh, audio form. More audio than video because I'm. I just started doing these video interviews. But if you can help support that and go and watch those and enjoy those and learn, you can learn a lot from these shows. So we got Kyle Hebert, Daniel Kennedy, Jeffrey Chamba Cruz, who's working on the Avengers Tech on Avengers uh, series. He's the artist for that. Jeffrey Thorne, who's writing the Green Lantern series right now. Uh, Amanda C. Miller, the voice of Barato and Sailor Jupiter and many, many more. Uh, the cast of Naruto. Um, nine cast members, including uh, Molly Flanagan and Yuri Longthal, AKA Spider-Man, his wife, Tara uh, Platt, uh, Steve Bloom, AKA Spike Spiegel, the original voice of Spike Spiegel. He's he, I, he's in this panel as well with me. Kevin Conroy, Brian Donovan, the voice of Rock Lee, uh, Greg Casavan, who um, was the one of the main guys behind, um, what was the, uh, what was the name of that? Cause I'm looking at it right here. Um, the main guy behind super giant games and it worked on Hades last year. My man, Mega Rand again, uh, congratulations to him on being a father. Um, we just got so many, so many, so many, uh, great interviews and video interviews from there, but you could go on there, check it out. And we got new blog entries as well. And I'm actually may have a new blog entry sometime, maybe within, I'm going to say two weeks because this is another video game interview that I did, but it's in writing form because this video game developing company is in fact in Taiwan. And 
like I like the one I had. I just put in a blog entry just recently. Uh, I re-upped it uh, from uh, the developer named Yeo. He's the developer that created the Friends of Ringo Ishikawa, which is like a Konio Khan game that came out like uh, I think in 2020. And he's he's uh, he's from Moscow. He didn't you know he couldn't he doesn't speak good English, so we decided to do a written interview uh, in a sorts and. Um, he was nice enough to take the time to answer my questions from there. And we also are doing the same for this other company who's writing this uh, series too. The Legend of uh, Tian, Ping, uh, Tian Ding, which came out just a couple weeks ago. thought it was a fascinating game done by these guys from Taiwan. And um, if you haven't played it, go out of your way, check it out. It's an awesome, awesome side-scrolling uh, action game. It, trust me when I say you'll learn more about it soon enough if you haven't checked it out. But it's available on uh, Nintendo Switch and other platforms as well. But uh, after playing it, it is definitely worth your money. I'll talk a little bit more about that on Saturday um, on the uh, next Select Start episode. So all that's coming. You can find that on TalkTimeLive.com. In terms of the podcast itself, the audio podcast, if you want to subscribe and download to your favorite platforms, you can go to Spotify, iHeartRadio. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pandora, Pocket Cast. There may be another one that I'm adding on to this, so stay tuned for that and more. So please, thank you all. Keep supporting this group. Uh, keep supporting this show. Everything that is, involves ACMG, because we're all, all things anime, comics, movies, and games here. So thank you, and I am very thankful to have you all every week and to be able to do this every week and enjoy so folks that will do it for me on behalf of myself this is dax xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games and each other this is acmg presents talk time live we are out here take care and have a great week Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.